Hey everyone, welcome back to the Hosanna Houston podcast. We're here, this is episode five, and today we're going to be talking about more gospel. And I'm sitting here with Pastor Edwin. Edwin, thank you so much for joining us yet again. Thank you, Keith. Let's do this. Let's do it. All right. So this past Sunday, your message was entitled More Gospel, and you opened up real big with this phrase, and you said, let me start by saying the following, there are no great men or women of God. There has never been and never will be any great men or women of God. So what are we saying right there with that? I was saying that there are no great men of God and no great women of God. That's what I was saying. All right. Which is, in the truest sense, I mean, real, right? Uh, because following that up, I, you know, I made sure I mentioned that what we really have in men and women that serve God is lost people, fragile people, weak people that depend solely on God's love and mercy and grace. And this is how this works, mm -hmm. that it will never be a self-made greatness of preachers or evangelists or whatever you want to call yourself, right? So there's only men and women that truly, truly depend on a sovereign loving, perfect God, right? That allows us to, in whatever way he's called us to serve, to serve in that way, right? So that's what I meant by that, that there is sadly an emphasis by many people on a person that is either known or whatever, and, and, and that gives a distorted view of what the gospel is, when you place people in pedestals, right? Right, right. It's kind of like when you put too much into, like, you only like a, a particular message because your favorite preacher said it, or you like this song because it's your favorite worship artist. And when you put too much emphasis on that, like, these people, you know, mess up sometimes. and oh, All the time. All, like, yeah, often. Yes. You know, and, you know, I could think of, great speakers that I, that I would, you know, follow or yeah. listen to a lot. Yeah. And, you know, then some scandal comes up or something like that. And then, you know, you kind of like second guess everything that you like learned from them yeah. simply because they're people yeah. and they messed up. And when we put those people above what God has done, you know, I think we can discredit some of the things that God has tried to share with us because we have been let down by people. Yeah. Well, I, I think the tendency is to follow blindly. It's not, it's not yeah. there is there's not this measure of of uh distance or carefulness. There's nothing wrong with with enjoying someone's, you know, message or understanding, you know, you know, oh man, you know, that was that was clear, that was good, that was you know, it edified my life, you know, either through a music or through a a, a message or a uh you know, some type of preaching or something, right? Or a book or something, right? Mm -hmm. uh, there's nothing wrong with that. But when we solely follow someone blindly and then you start forgetting, you know, that the source is Christ, the source is the Word of God, and then you you just trust whatever X person says, then that's when people get in trouble, right? So right. 
that's where the whole there are no men, no great men and women of God comes from, because we tend to put too much of our focus on people instead mm -hmm. of the source of who allows us to do anything we do. Right. 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 Which kind of has a tendency of turning into what you called a superficial gospel. So if we go to Second Timothy chapter 3, this is verse 1 and 2, and then we'll jump to 5. It says, You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times, for people will only love themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will act religious, but will reject the power that can make them godly. Stay away from people like that. And so the world, the church, suffers with this kind of big problem that we have this very superficial gospel with superficial people teaching very superficial things. And I just kind of want to, how does that tie into, so like we have people who are kind of broken and messed up, and yet at the same time there's this kind of like people-centric gospel and I just want to know kind of where, where that comes from and what, what the issue behind that is, really. Yeah, I mean, it, it comes from, I mean, it's, it, it's not like what Paul was telling Timothy in this, these verses isn't true. Right. It's as clear as water uh, that that's exactly what's happening, you know, not only within the church, but, you know, outside of the church, right? That people are lovers of themselves. <laughs> I mean, everything right now is about selfie videos and 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 me and myself and nobody else right and try to you know this is my idea and let me shine and let me somehow be known and so all that is it's 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 here it's it's, it's what's happening right and seekers of just your own desires and pleasures and ideas and you know independence and we want to spin it however we want to spin it but it's just self-love Right. Mm -hmm. And so in all of that, you jump to verse five and it says they will act religious. So now you're seeing, oh, this is not just people that don't know God or right. that don't have an idea of God. This is people within the church. Right. So you're going to take all that selfishness and now you're going to bring it into and use God's name for it. Right. And now you have this mixture of something that is good with something that is evil and this is what the enemy does right this is what the devil does right which is he uses something that's good for us and then he infiltrates all that when we don't have men and women that are solid in their faith this is why we i mentioned the phrase superficial right. gospel right and superficial teachings and all that because anything comes in and it distorts the truth and it may seem like something good but it's it's not right, right. so that's the problem with not having a solid foundation that and it happens to any of us any if we're not careful it can happen to any of us and we think we might think that we're in the right path and sadly i mean many are not right right which leads me to a question. There are a few questions that are here in your notes that I think most people would find themselves asking. And we'll start with the first one. It's, who am I? And 
I am the crowning glory of the creation of God. This means that we were created to live a life according to the way God wants us to act. So if there are no great men and women of God, yeah. but we are the crowning glory of the creation of God, how do we, how do we mend those two together? Uh, we need to be humble, right? And that's okay. what doesn't happen. That's the problem, right? Because the the whole, you know, following or thinking or putting too much emphasis on, you know, these quote-unquote great and women and men of God comes from a selfish point of view, right? But when God calls us the crowning glory of his creation, that's in a whole different way, right? God is calling us to a responsibility of who he has made us and has given us this authority over the earth and over the things on the earth to shine his glory, right, to create, to everyone else. And so it comes with a humble responsibility, but, you know, sadly it's gone the opposite way, right? But there is a, a beauty of who we are in Christ because the Bible says in Genesis 1, we, we read it, mm -hmm. On Sunday, 26 and 27, that we are uh, his creation. We are created in his image, right? And so there is there is an awe factor in that, that God took the time and, and was intentional in what he made us to be. But obviously sin messes right. everything up, right? And and there is a there is a natural, a sinful nature that we're born into that causes us to have this desire to be selfish uh, more than uh, humble towards you know our way of life mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so then why am i here yes <laughs> that is a good question i mean I, I think that i mean if if you don't know jesus then you can come up with a thousand answers right <laughs> to right. why you want to be here or why but god intended us uh, to give him glory in everything that we do right we are the crowning glory of his creation we are here to display his glory in everything that we do so that is in you know with our families that is with our children that is with our uh, in our uh, with our spouse that is with our you know friends and family whatever whatever we we do we ought to give god glory in the way we live right a second corinthians 5, 20, and 21 says this. So we are Christ's ambassadors, right, on earth. It says God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. So there is a responsibility to those who are children of God. We are called to call people back to the Father, right? And mm -hmm. so... Uh, the reason why we're here is an eternal reason, right? And it is to give him glory and it is to be active in his kingdom. And it is to uh, not just exist, but exist with a purpose. And that purpose is to live under the will of God, right? And and for many, that's harder than than we think because, it, 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 and it may take time for many of us, but once you understand God's sovereignty over everything, it's easy to just yield to his will, right? right. Because it's better than ours. Yeah. <laughs> so that's 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 for sure. There's a, and there will forever be that internal conflict of wanting to glorify ourselves. But when we do that, there's no room to glorify God. And when we glorify God, there's really no room to glorify ourselves. And we are forever in that clash between the two. 
Which brings me to the third question is, what is wrong with this world? Yeah, I mean, and the answer, you know, was that the, the, the problem with the world is me, right? It's, right. It's, it's, it's us. It's people that don't understand or refuse to uh, acknowledge, you know, God's supremacy over their lives, right? And that means he has authority over your life. And what's happened, I think, it's in the church is that we want the salvation. We want the benefits of what God offers, you know, which is, you know, which is out of context when you uh, read the Bible uh, that we expect God to give us things just because we come, you know, right. to to understand this truth. Uh, but the the idea that I don't recognize that he is supreme over my life, it's what's wrong with the world, right? Because it puts me on top of the list, mm-hmm. right? And so now I'm taking priority over God taking priority. And then I don't surrender completely. Then I don't have, then God doesn't have this lordship over my life, right? And that's the idea. Then if if he's not supreme over my life, then who is? Then myself, like right. I'm supreme over my life, right? So then for I'm putting myself in the role that God belongs, right? And and that's that's sad because it's not a it's not a little problem. It's a big problem because it can go undiagnosed for the rest of our lives if we're not careful. Right. Do you also think that we have a tendency to downplay sin a little too much? Like if you you can enter a church service and then you'll be like, oh, you messed up. It's okay. Um, and yes, there there is grace and forgiveness and all of that. But, I mean, David felt very different about that. And I'll get to that in just a second. Um, but Paul says in Romans uh, 6, this is 12 through 14, Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God, for you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. So there Paul is saying, like, just don't sin, like, at all. (laughs) Like, if you can, you know, just don't let your body. And then the way that David felt about it, in Psalm 51, verse 3, he goes, For I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. Against you alone I have sinned. I have done what's evil in your sight. You will be proved right in what you say, and your judgment against me is just. For I was born a sinner, yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. David felt very seriously about his sin. And I think sometimes we kind of shy away from, you know, like, I understand, like, you don't want to dump guilt on people, but there has to be, like, a certain level of conviction there, doesn't there? Well, is I don't—obviously, I don't think—it's it, not about dumping guilt, I think, on people. Mm-hmm. And more than if we don't feel condemned, we will never see the need for a Savior in our lives. Pretty much means if I don't think I'm doing anything wrong, why would I even think that I need a savior? 
And so when you live out your days, right, your life, your regular life, not even thinking about how sinful of a person we are, then that thought never crosses your mind. And you're like, you know, yeah, when somebody says, you know, oh, you know, we all make mistakes. Don't worry. It's all good. God loves you. Then that feels nice right? because I'm not thinking about that. Right. And, mm-hmm. and so I have an attitude of, yeah, you know what? I, I mean, I'm not that bad. And, and yeah, God does love me. He says he is love. Right. So I'm cool. And that is the problem because we don't see the gravity of our state, right? Which is we are sinful in nature and we need con- like daily repentance for the stuff that we do, sometimes not even knowing that we're doing, right? And so, I mean, Job used to pray for his kids in case they sinned. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> you know, it wasn't even about him. Like he was saying, in case my kids have done anything, Lord, I repent for them. Like, right. you know, I'm sorry for them. Like, like there, there was this genuine need of repentance because you're disappointing, not yourself, you're disappointing God. And that's what uh, David was saying here where he says, it haunts me day and night. I mean, uh, you can pull a million Christians, man. I mean, maybe a handful was understand what it haunts me day and night means when David says it like this, that his rebellion, his sin against God was not just like, oh man, yeah, I shouldn't have done that attitude, but there was this desire to truly honor God, right? And so where are those Christians? What are we doing? Like, what are we doing, right? And so it's, it's, it's real to 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 check our like it, it's necessary to check ourselves so that we can honestly say am i i mean am i really living for god i mean what am i doing with this like i mean is this just a thing that i do on the weekend or does god really deserve my best you know and the answer is obviously yes and and the solution is seeing our sins, seeing our issues, right? Mm-hmm. And Jesus uh, made it clear. He says that, you know, you will know that you're my disciples when, uh, you know, you, you do the things that I command you, and anyone who belongs to God listens gladly to the words of God. Um, but you don't listen because you don't belong to God. I that, mean, that that's you're yeah, reading John, John 8, 47, right? And that is a powerful verse mm-hmm. because it says anyone who belongs to God listens gladly to the words of God, right? So it does that means scripture, right? The whole Bible, right? I'm so and and when it when it comes to my issues, right? Sin in my life and and I see that the word of God is pointing that sin at me and is saying this is what's wrong in your life, right? And I read that I should not be oh how can God think of me that way or how how could he Right. But I should be glad that the creator of everything, the sovereign God, the mm-hmm. one who did everything that we see, that we that, that we know that that it, it's it's available, you know, in the universe and this planet in our lives, that it's taking the time to tell me you got a problem and I'm the solution. Hear this out. And he wrote a book for us. <laughs> Like, it's crazy, right? And then it says, 
what's obvious in today's day, but you don't listen because you don't belong to God. And that's hard words because people think they belong to God. But when you don't see the need for a Savior and a need to repent of your sins daily, you don't know God because God is calling us to holiness. I mean, that people might hear this and might think, well, oh, man, that's that's, you know, too hard. That's that's that sounds like too religious. That sounds impossible. Yeah, it is impossible. Right. None of us can live a perfect life, but I will live till the day I die pursuing Right. A righteous way of living. And that shows that I understand that I'm the one in need. God is not here working for me. God is not here to give me what I want. Right. I'm here to surrender to everything that he says I should surrender. So it's it's getting the script right, mm-hmm. you know, and knowing our role in all of this. Right. And. Like when you talk about daily repentance and, you know, how impossible it is to live a perfect life and it can be taken harsh, but I'm going to ask you to read um, 1 John 2, 1 through 6, because right here it, it reminds us that this is not like a, a, a harsh stance to take. There is a lot of redemption and grace and hope and the gospel that we preach, and in the God that we serve. So if, if you don't mind, just go ahead and read those closing verses yeah, for us. Yeah, and, and the reason why it's so important to highlight the bad in us is to see how good God is, even in how bad we are, right? right? And this is what brings us to an understanding of I can't believe he loves me even though I'm this bad, right? And this is shown in these verses. So 1 John chapter 2, verses 1 through 6 says this, My dear children, I am writing this to you so that you will not sin, right? It says, But if anyone does sin, you have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. He himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins, And not only our sins, but the sins of all the world. Verse 3 says, And we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments. If someone claims, I know God, but doesn't obey God's commandments, that person is a liar and is not living in the truth. But those who obey, verse 5, God's word truly show how completely they love him. That That is how we know we are living in him. And verse 6 says, those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. I mean, I don't know how <laughs> that that's so much love, so much grace, so much mercy, and so mm-hmm. clear that if we are not pursuing and, 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 and desiring to serve him, to love him, to live righteously, then it just shows that we don't know him and that we don't truly love him, right? But when you are pursuing God, it says that this is how you know that someone loves God, right? Why? Because there is 
it's 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 there's fruit behind your lifestyle, right? There is there's evidence that you are not just ah, uh, it's all right. Your attitude shows there's something that I need to be doing always because he deserves it, right? Because he did it for me. And now it's out of gratitude, out of love, out of, you know, just gratefulness. I, I want to live a life that, that is holy before him, right? And that can only happen through the perfect sacrifice that Jesus did, right? There was, there's a, he was the substitute in our place, right? He, he took our place. And now that's how God sees us. Uh, holy and pure and sanctified, right? Because Jesus did it. But my pursuit of him is never ending, right? Till the day I die. Man, that's so good. That, you know, try not to sin. If you do sin, there is an advocate who pleads our case for us. The perfect sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And our response to that is to live our life the way that Jesus did. And I mean, that's... That's freeing. Yeah, it's it, so it's, good. It's, yeah. It sets us free from trying to, to live perfect lives because we understand that our actions are not perfect, but Christ's actions were perfect and are sufficient for our forgiveness, right? And therefore, what I do in the days that I live are going to be with an intentional way of living that says, I want to make sure that everything I do, right, is honoring God. But yet when it doesn't happen, there is hope. And that's my trust. That's my eternal hope of glory that I have, right? Right. So it's it's freeing. It, it it's freeing. really freeing. Yes. Amen to that. So again, thank you so much for taking the time and break down these messages with us. Really appreciate you doing this for, for me and for us as the church and for any of you guys who are, are watching or listening, um, we're, we're back to doing these every week now. Thank you so much. These are available on our YouTube channel, on Spotify, and on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate you guys joining us for that, and we'll see you guys next time.